Is depression funny? Funny things can come from it in the way that funny things come from anything. Totally. I feel good. And it's amazing that you can go from sort of rock bottom to just absolute heights of happiness. And I kind of never thought that would happen, but I find it really funny. It is. It's that really, really terrible punchline that you have to laugh at because the person's telling the joke and it's not going to end any other way. So, yes. <laughs> God goes in to see a doc, says there's something wrong with me, I got the sadness I can't shake now Is there something I can't take now? It's the hilarious world of depression, placebo edition. I'm John Moe. Placebo episodes are short vignette versions of our larger format, a bit more casual, sometimes a bit more eccentric, and a bit more of our listeners in them. Recently, I asked listeners about the strangest thing they've tried to treat depression that actually worked. And I heard some strange things and some really cool ideas, things I'd never thought of. So, hooray, we're having dialogue. We're pooling our resources and helping each other. Emma Palmer is a high school senior in Tulsa. She got hit with depression around age 12. Says it hasn't been that severe, but it flares up in times of stress. And in case you didn't know or forgot, high school is stressful. And I'm um, actually a cellist um, also, so I... I play cello. I've been playing for about six years now. She's serious about cello, plans to major in it when she gets to college. And cello is a beautiful instrument, but it's not necessarily the instrument to brighten your day. So Emma, on impulse, reached for a different one. So um, last summer, I just on a whim um, decided to buy a ukulele Mm -hmm. and so I I got this little guy, and ever since then, um, I don't know why, but whenever I'm, like, in, you know, any um, sort of depressed state, I get anxious a lot, you know, um, but whenever I'm really down, I'll pick up my ukulele, and somehow there's, like, for me, this tone quality in it where, like, it, it's hard to be sad, um, while listening to this uh, kind of happy, peppy music. Now, it's not zippity doodah that she's playing here. The songs she prefers are not happy songs. She favors contemporary alternative music where the melody might be sunny. But like a lot of the lyrics can be a little bit more um, like depressed. So there's this like tension of like the, the song sounds happy, but when you listen to the lyrics, it's a little bit more... Um, down to earth, maybe. So part of the relief from depression, and let's be clear, the uke isn't a cure for depression. If it could cure depression, we'd all have prescription ukuleles. Part of the break from the disease is that it's a break from routine. Unlike the cello, for Emma, it's okay to not be great at ukulele. Like, I mess up all the time. I can hardly play. Like, I I have a couple of chords that I have memorized, but, you know, there's that tricky E chord. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas with the cello, like, if I make a mistake, it's, like, triggering, you know, all of those, like, ah, I messed up, um, spiraling into kind of, um, you know, those, I don't know, self-deprecating type thoughts. 
The whole plan here is pretty ingenious. She's created a sort of parody of her own life, where the serious cello is replaced by the comparatively whimsical ukulele. It's like replacing your boss with a cartoon duck. I have a, a song here pulled up. It's um, Death Cab for Cuties. There, I, I will follow you into the dark. Um, <laughs> that is not a happy song. <laughs> no, but on the ukulele, you know, it sounds kind of kind of happy somehow. All right. For me, you know, maybe my definition of happiness is uh, morbidly off kilter. Okay, here we go now. Love mine. Someday you will... <laughs> I messed up already. Okay. <laughs> Take two. Love of mine Someday you will die But I'll be close behind I'll follow you into the dark No blinding light Or tunnels and gates of white Just our hands clasped so tight out of that headspace um, for a little bit, you know, where um, everything's just seems like in a, a darker tone. Um, mm -hmm. And just for, you know, the time when I'm playing, um, I'm not seeing the world so much in that color or in any color at all, because I normally have my eyes closed, but it's just um, like a, a pure moment um, of just kind of relief. So, you know, it's a, a good way to be able to like, okay, I have all these problems, I'm feeling so depressed, the world is falling apart, whatever. I go play my ukulele and I come back and um, it, it just makes it easier to live through another day. Emma Palmer in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Okay, Emma makes music in Tulsa. Meanwhile, in the city of Poole on the southern coast of England, Wendy Tarpley Naylor has a pretty different approach. Um, well, I um, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder about um, 13 years ago, and um, I it's just kind of been a long journey. And I find that depression, like for me, the sort of symptoms change over time. And um, sometimes it's anxiety, sometimes it's uh, just feeling low and needing to lie around in bed and things. And then sometimes I just feel like I need to do something and it kind of gets me out of, you know, feeling rough. A couple years ago, her husband, Josh, sent her a link to something called Penguin Watch. Scientists have all these pictures of areas where penguins may be, and they ask ordinary people, you and me, to help count all the adult penguins, chicks, and eggs. It's part of a larger network of similar online projects called Zooniverse. And there's all kinds of things you can do. Decipher Shakespeare notes, spot things in outer space. One of Wendy's favorites is Snapshot Serengeti, where you try to spot and identify animals in Africa. And, it, and you basically identify things based on satellite crowdsourced photos. So, um, like for the the ones which uh, identify things from the Hubble telescope, say there are millions and millions of photos of 
galaxies all over our universe. And mm. so for that one, you identify galaxies. And for Snapshot Serengeti, you get to identify African animals. And, and, and they have great uh, sort of guides as to how you can identify those, and include even down to um, the different kinds of rumps on various kinds of uh, gazelle. <laughs> and so I find it just it's easy to use, and it makes me feel really productive, like I'm helping someone do something. And what does this do for for your mental health? Like, I mean, it, it doesn't cure anything, I can't imagine, but, uh, no. but what does it do therapeutically? Well, I think for me it helps me um, to kind of get over the hump of feeling ill and feeling like I can't get out of bed. It, um, I, my husband uh, says, you know, when I'm going through a depressive episode, he says, oh, you know, you can have a couple of days in bed, then, then it's time to get up and, and to do something. And it really helps uh, me to uh, just have this productive outlet and this kind of thing that helps me still be a part of something. And, and I mean, I guess it helps my anxiety as well, because it's just mindless clicking sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, particularly with snapshot Serengeti, you have a lot of just pictures of random grass <laughs> because it's uh, motion sensor cameras. So you have lots of grass that's been tipped off by a bird or something. And so I don't, I don't feel bad if I mess up and I know there are other people checking things. So it, it's just a way to help me feel like I'm still a part of the world, even when I'm, you know, lying in bed for a few days. So it's productivity when you feel powerless. It's small and manageable and you can accomplish things. And that's comforting. It's like a video game where it's easy to win. But Wendy says sometimes it's more than just comforting. Occasionally, like you would just flip through the next slide, flip through the next one. And then just occasionally you'll have this amazing photo of an African elephant, which always really excited me because I, you know, really, uh, I just found them really beautiful. Um, once I, w- I was really stuck because I'd just done loads of pictures of grass and it's always wildebeestanding, uh, <laughs> zebra standing, zebra eating. And then occasionally you just, one day I got this amazing photo of a, um, of a whole, uh, like, I don't know what they're called, a pack of elephants, a herd of elephants um, with babies in the middle of them. And it just made my whole day. Wow. You're leveling up in this particular yeah, game. Yeah, maybe. Wendy Tarpley-Naylor lives in Poole, England. By the way, after talking to Wendy, I tried out Penguin Watch. It is so fun, especially when they bring up a picture with some penguins in it, and the site asks, do you see any penguins? And you can click the button that says, yes. It certainly wasn't pastoral for me. It was very exciting. Wendy's approach is a bit more like knitting which is a favorite pastime of Jessica Bain of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. It's relaxing, it's therapeutic, it's uh, repetitive, and it's fun. You know, you get to not do a lot, but be productive. Jessica had been knitting forever, but then she ran across a kind of guerrilla faction of knitters. And uh, I had seen that people had uh, been doing yarn bombing, which is generally when bigger groups of people get together and uh, conspire to sneak up on something and cover it in yarn at the night. They'll do uh, like huge statues or entire trees, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was, um, I was socially out of it. I was uh, depressed and I was down to work solo. So uh, I started doing smaller tags and covering uh, signposts and smaller trees and handrails and things like that. Um, So I would, knit a a bunch and fill up my purse and head out into the night. Jessica makes these knitted 
things. They're not really scarves. They're certainly not mittens. They look like knitted clothing for as yet undiscovered space aliens. And you sent me some pictures of some of these. They're they're very colorful, I noticed. Yeah, on average, um, well, I was doing them to uh, not to get attention to myself, but to have them be noticed. And uh, it seemed appropriate that when I was in such a dark, dark mood that you go out and you buy the brightest yarn you can find. You get it with glitter in it if you can. And um, yeah, just go for rainbows. <laughs> so her brightly colored knitted thingies were soon peppering the streets of Ottawa. What did that do for you? What did, how did that make you feel? Well, at the time, I suppose it uh, gave me a reason to leave the house, which was you know, not always, not always an easy thing to do. But um, it was something that I found out later on. I just started doing it for fun. And then I started hearing people's reactions to it when uh, they didn't know it was me that had put them up. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's all over my town. And um, they, they, they loved it. They were saying, where did this come from and, and why did they do this? But they were saying it with a smile and they were uh, waiting to see where more would show up. And uh, it was a very real way to connect with people and to uh, – to see their smiles and to make them happy without having to be the the face associated with it. <laughs> right. You get the benefits of social interaction, but you uh, steer around the anxiety of it. Exactly. <laughs> so that's interesting. Like when you when you brought this up, I thought, well, you know, going out and, you know, doing something silly and crazy and colorful sounds like what a person who doesn't understand depression would prescribe to someone with depression. Um, <laughs> but it works on it. It sounds like it works on a deeper level. It's it's not so much uh, the action of affixing these things. It's the reaction that they engender. Yeah, very much so. And um, there was even a handful of times um, while well, I was mostly doing them in the middle of the night, but there was a handful of times when there would be people around and, uh, they would say, Oh, you're the one doing it. And, you know, I got a few random hugs, which was again, not expected, but really, really nice when you're out alone and you just get such a positive feedback for doing virtually nothing. (laughs) Why were you going out in the middle of the night? Uh, to attract less attention. Okay. To, to avoid (laughs) social interaction again. Yeah, it was um, in the daylight, people were, I found out, more likely to uh, pull over their car and say, hey, what are you doing? And uh, that wasn't really a conversation that I was prepared to have with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I went with the the quieter, darker times. Jessica isn't as active in the covert nocturnal fiber arts movement as she once was, but she's not retired. I still knit. I do more gifts now. I do more useful things. But uh, I'd be lying if I said my car didn't have about 20 (laughs) tags sitting in the back ready to go when I need them. (laughs) Do you ever get inspired and just jump out of the car and affix it to something? Oh, yeah. Bike racks are the best. (laughs) (laughs) Because I also uh, bike and I know that sometimes the older racks, if you put your bike up against it, it can scratch a little bit and hurt the paint. Uh, Mm -hmm. This... It's perfect. If there's a a knitting cozy on your bike rack, you're never going to have damage. You're like a a warm and comfy, non-destructive version of Banksy, but Canadian. Kind of, yeah. Jessica Bain, patrolling Canada, ready to strike, yarnfully. People are creative, you guys. People are using ingenuity to address the problems that depression presents. 
In fact, keep the ideas coming of your strangest method to address depression that actually helps. Let's do some more of these shows. It doesn't need to be a cure, just something that helps. Find us on Twitter at THW of D. That's at THW OFD. Our direct messages are open there, so drop a line. The Hilarious World of Depression is a production of American Public Media. Our recording engineer this time around was Johnny Vince Evans, technical director Corey Schreppel, Kate Moose is executive producer, special thanks to Nate Toby. Our main theme song is called Pagliacci, written and performed by Rhett Miller. More from Rhett Miller at rhettmiller.com. He's on tour with his band, The Old 97s. Check them out at old97s.com and catch them live if you can, because dang, they are great. Our closing theme this week is I'll Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie, performed by Emma Palmer and her therapeutic ukulele. If you need help right away, confidential help is available for free in the U.S. at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Make sure to give us a rating and a review at iTunes. It helps us out more than you might realize. I'm John Moe. Bye now. Thank you. Death doesn't seem too bad.